0: When is the last time that you took a good look at your wall decor? Maybe it's been a while. Huh? Maybe, probably the, the last time you did was when you brought it home and you put it up on the wall, make sure it was straight. Right? Because after that, even though it gives a nice aesthetic to the home, it's beautiful, it's just something you get used to. Right? So much so that you don't... Give it a lot of thought. You just kind of take it for granted. That's what's hanging there. That's typical. Same for a woman in France. She had, oh, I need the clicker. She had uh, this picture hanging in her house. Maybe not what you would hang, but it's, it's Jesus being beaten and mocked. Okay, she had this hanging in her house. And obviously this gave her joy, and so she put it on the wall. And I wonder how many times she walked past this picture hundreds if not thousands of times in her lifetime. But she didn't give it any thought because that's just the picture on that wall, right? Well, she was going to move, and so uh, she had an estate sale. She had an auctioneer come in and appraise all of her belongings, and the auctioneer saw this, and he couldn't believe it. It turns out that this is from the 13th century. It was actually a long-lost piece of art by a Florentine artist, and I'll probably say this wrong, so artists, you can correct me. Simabu? Ever heard of him? Chimabu. Thank you. That sounds way more artsy. By Chimabu. Um. So, when this piece went to the auction, it sold for 26.8 million dollars. Can you imagine that? For years, for years, she had this treasure on the wall and she didn't even realize it because it was just something she always had. Just common to her. Something she took for granted, not even realizing this life-changing treasure that she had. Makes you want to go home and kind of look at your walls again, right? You wonder if you have something like this? treasure unknown, taken for granted. I wonder if you have anything like that. I'm going to save you a little bit of time. Don't leave church yet to go look at your walls. You have something exactly like this. Each and every one of you have something like this. Do you know what it is? It's grace. It's grace. Now, as you hear that, if you're at all disappointed that it's not something like the auctioneer told the French lady, if you're not as impressed about this as you are $26.8 million, I think that proves my point. Right? We talk about grace all the time. We read about it in church. We hear about it all the time. I'm wondering if it's something that just we're used to. Something that we we, we know we have it, And we kind of take it for granted. We don't even realize the life-changing treasure it is. And so our goal as we take a look at these words from Ephesians 2 is this. Just to to take a look at this big cornerstone of our faith. Grace alone. We are saved by grace alone. And, And it's my prayer that we can discover as though it's our first time this surprising life-changing nature of grace. So if we want to know about grace, we've come to the right spot this morning in Ephesians chapter 2 because this is the heart of what grace is. So we get, a, we get a, an idea of the concept of grace as we look at this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. So you hear the word, but what, is, what does it mean? What are some things you see there? You see God's kindness. You see his love, that it's all in Christ. And because of all of that, he saved us as a free gift. Right? So if you put it simply, God, grace is God's loving kindness to save us through Jesus. Jesus. What I want you to think about is, is how do you view this gift of grace? How do you view it? I suppose there are a couple of ways that we can view grace. And I think we can best think them through with, with a couple of illustrations. So here's the first one. How do you view grace? When I first started trail running, one of my first runs, I fell. I stepped on a tree root wrong and I went tumbling downhill. Thankfully, I didn't, my head didn't hit any of the boulders that were on each side of the trail, but my knees, uh, my knees took the brunt of it. They got pretty badly cut up, and they were bleeding very badly. A hiker in front of me heard me yell and scream when I fell. She came back, and she saw all the blood running down my legs. I'm sorry if it's gross. Um, but So she offered her water to wash out the cuts. She even had a I don't know if it was a shirt or whatever, a cloth that she allowed me to use for for bandages, wipe them off. I was so thankful. It was super nice of her to do that. But in the grand scheme of things, I want you to think about what what she did for me. So nice. I appreciate it so much. But what she gave me wasn't necessarily like a costly sacrifice for her. She was going to be okay after that. And as far as I go... What she did for me was not crucial to my survival. I would have made it down and got home and and washed things out, right? So while it was super nice, I don't think about it all the time. I wonder if that's one of the ways that we view grace. Nice, but not crucial or costly. You see, when we get into our text, we see a couple of words. They're big words in meaning transgression and sin. And we have to think to ourselves, how do we understand transgression and sin? Do we look at it like a skinned knee? Cuts, scrapes? When we see these words, when we confess our sins at the beginning of the service, do we think of it like, well, I get it. Nobody's perfect. I'm not. We all make mistakes. I make mistakes. But say a little prayer. Feel bad enough. Do some more good to get our record up. A little wink and a nod from God and everything is all better. Now, I understand. (laughs) We would never put it that way, right? But I wonder if that's how it comes out in our lives when we minimize our sins we elevate other people's sins to make ourselves feel better. And we just, we just kind of have this feeling that God, in general, should be kind of satisfied with our efforts. We're, we're the good ones, right? If that's what grace is, if that's how it works, then you realize grace isn't much more than a divine bandage. Maybe a little more than that sometimes, depending on how badly we fall, but, you know, something to get us back on our feet, on the right path to God again. Can I just say that if that's how we view grace, it's no wonder why it's not very exciting for us. It's no wonder why we just can't see its value. It's no wonder why we take it for granted. Because it's a lot like the water... And those bandages on the trail. It's nice, but not not too costly, not too crucial for us. I'm afraid that that's one way that we can view grace. There's another way we can view grace. I want you to compare my trail story with uh, Claude Brown's story. Claude is a, is a real man Uh, who did not have skinned knees. He had congestive heart failure, and he was in the final stages of congestive heart failure. He was given months, maybe weeks to live. So you think about his situation every day. He's thinking about certain death, right? One day he gets a call from the transplant coordinator. There's a heart for him. Sadly, a 22-year-old young man lost his life in a car accident, and he was an organ donor. So Claude received this young man's heart, and he's still alive and well today. That's nothing like my skinned knees, is it? I guarantee you there isn't a day that goes by that Claude doesn't think of that young man. There's not a breath that he takes that he doesn't think of that young man, because that heart transplant for Claude? Crucial, right? Literally, life and death and that heart transplant for quad so costly it cost that 22-year-old young man his life right big difference that's how these verses are asking us to view God's grace you go back to the to the words here if transgressions and sins don't make a big enough impression on us How about another word? And I have it underlined. Dead. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. The point is, our transgressions, our sins, they're not just scrapes and cuts, they put us on the transplant list. You see, we are as good as dead in our relationship to God. Apart from his grace, apart from his loving kindness to save us in Jesus. Why? Because God tells us that he is perfect and he's holy. And he created us to have a relationship in that plane. But we have fallen. And anything that we offer to God that is short of holiness and perfection is dead to him. Another way to put it is, I have it underlined at the end, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Man, this, this is difficult to hear, right? It's hard to, hard to think about and process, but this is the truth about people, about me, about each one of us. Grace is not just nice to have. Do you hear me? Grace is not just nice to have. Without God's loving kindness, all there is for us is death and wrath. So it's very much like a heart transplant, right? It is absolutely crucial for us. So here we are, as we start this text, we're, we're left to wrestle with these really hard concepts about who we are. It reminds me of Claude Brown, just ticking the clock away, thinking about a certain death. But all of a sudden, we keep reading in Ephesians, and it's like we get this call from the transplant coordinator. There's a heart. Because as we read on, we come across this just enormous word. What's the word? But. And I, I get it. It's, it's only three letters. But it is enormous in the news that it delivers. Remember all that bad news? But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We spent some time looking at the truth about us. Now we get to see the truth about God. And isn't it amazing? Doesn't it just blow your mind that the children in the children's message said it so well. It's surprising. It's unexpected in the way that God deals with us. It's not how we'd expect him to deal with us because what do we see? God has great love for us. God is just super abounding. He's rich in mercy. And I want you to understand, this isn't just pity. This isn't just a feeling from God, all those poor people. God went into action. I've underlined some more words here. Three times he talks about an action with Christ. And this is super important. He made us alive with Christ. He he raised us up with Christ. He seated us with Christ in heaven. This is saying that God has such a great love for us. That he is so rich in mercy that he has decided not to deal with us according to what we have done. Not the bad things? Not the bad things? Not the good things. Instead, he has decided to deal with us according to what Jesus did. The word with is literally that. The word with means that we are so united with Christ. And Christ is so united with us that first of all, he gets everything that our life deserves. We're so united with Christ, he's so with us, that he gets everything our life deserves. Do you understand what that means? Remember the sin, the transgression, the death, the wrath? Jesus got it all. That's what the cross is all about, right? God dealt with Jesus according to what we have done. And so it's very much like a heart donor. Grace is so costly to Jesus. But the opposite is also true. We are so united with Christ. And Christ is so united with us that we get everything that His life deserves. You understand what that means? Because Jesus lived a perfect life. Because He is and was holy, God made us alive with Christ. And what that means is we now have a living relationship with God. We are no longer dead to God. We have this living relationship with God because he views us through the lens of Jesus. When God looks at you, he sees someone holy. He sees someone perfect. You're alive with Christ. What did he also do? He also raised us up with Christ. Now you're saying, well, I never experienced a physical resurrection, I and mean, you're right. But it's as good as done. Because Jesus didn't stay in his grave, he came alive. It's a certainty. You will rise from death too. And finally it says that that God raised or s- seated us with Christ in heaven. Now obviously not this is not literal yet, yet, but it is legal. You're not literally in heaven, but you are legally in heaven. Heaven is yours. You will be there with him. See, God deals with us according to what Jesus has done. It's this great exchange. Everything of ours goes to Jesus. Everything of Jesus goes to us. That's grace. And so I, th- I hope throughout this all, you've been noticing something important. There's something very important here when we talk about uh, grace. And it's this, how you view a gift. And that's what grace is, right? It's this free gift of God because who he is and what he's done. How you view a gift all depends on how crucial and how costly it is to you. Crucial and costly. Is grace crucial to you? Without it, we're as good as dead. It can't get more crucial than that, right? Is grace costly to you? It costs Jesus suffering, death, hell. It doesn't get more costly than that. And so, all of a sudden, we can't help but come to this astounding realization. It's true. You can go to Hobby Lobby, And you can buy all kinds of decorations with the word grace on it, right? But that does not mean that grace is like a wall hanging. Something that you just get used to. Something that you just always have around you. Something that you just take for granted. No, when you realize how crucial and costly it is, it is this treasure this life-changing, priceless treasure to you. I think you know that. Think it through. Do you know the burden? The burden of always trying to measure up? Always trying to make the right impression with with people, with God? With wondering if, if you've ever done enough? Wondering if you're enough? Grace says, let that go. Let that go. God's great love for you is a free gift. You already have it. You know that weight of reliving past sins? Holding on to regrets? The weight of truly knowing what's happening in your heart and mind when nobody else does? Grace says... Just release that. Having the mercy of God means that he doesn't give us what our sins deserve. Instead, he gives us all the love that we don't deserve. It's ours. Do you know that fear of what's ahead? The fear of wondering what if it happens again? The anxious feelings about the unknown? The dread of where everything is going? Do you know that? Grace says you are free from all of that. When God says you have been saved, it means that that already happened. It's because of Jesus' action in the past. The results are yours right now, and those results carry on to eternity. That's grace. God's loving kindness to save us. Because of who he is. Because of what he has done. How can we not see grace as this priceless, life-changing treasure? I want to end with one last story from my ministry. I I think I shared this in Bible class not too long ago, but I I think it's worth sharing in regard to grace. Um, There was a couple who had come to one of my previous churches. They had been uh, going to church most of their life. I wonder how many times they had heard the word grace. In fact, I, I wonder how many times they shared the word grace because they were even Sunday school teachers. And so we're going through classes just to review what the Bible teaches and, and about who God is, who we are, and, and what our church is all about. And, and, and one of the first lessons was, was this very thing. And I had prepared for it and I'm reading through Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 for it is by grace you have been saved. This isn't from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And I started explaining all this, that it's, it's free. It's yours. The burden is gone. And I look up and this couple is just crying, weeping. And they said, that's grace? Not just a a help to do what, what we can do to, so we can be better. This is grace, a free gift of God. They had never heard it like that before. And I felt so ashamed of myself. I'm just kind of going through my motions of teaching, teaching about the, the greatest concept ever. Like it meant nothing to me, but here they are crying. It's a good lesson, right? Grace is not just something nice something to get used to, something to take for granted. Grace is everything. And it's my prayer that that's how we see it. This free gift of God, his loving kindness to save us in Jesus, it's yours. Treasure that priceless gift. Amen.